Welcome to Show Us Your Bits podcast. It's season three. This is the podcast about the stories behind the jewellery and the keepsakes we love. Each week we talk to storytellers, makers, artists, founders and entrepreneurs about their most loved treasures. I'm Alice Rivers-Cripps, the founder and creative director of Posh Totti Designs, the original hand-stamped jewellery company, and we're celebrating our 20th year this year. Oh, Alice, that's great. And I'm Josie Lloyd, an author of novels like The Cancer Ladies Running Club and Life Saving for Beginners, as well as parodies and screenplays. But most of all, Alice, I love a good natter. So do have a listen and please do like, rate, review and share with your friends. And please get in touch with us on Instagram or Facebook at Show Us Your Bits Podcast if you have an interesting piece of jewellery or an anecdote you'd like to share. Let's get on with the show! How are you doing? Good! I'm puffing life into a new project with Emlyn, which is always the very exciting bit, but we're scratching our heads and going on lots of walks and plotting and planning, which is really good fun. But yeah, back writing, which is always my favourite thing. And it's exciting because this episode is very much about writing. Um, it is. And I'm really excited because this is the first time, well, apart from the candlesticks with Melanie Cantor, who also had some jewellery, it's the first time we've done one where it's not just jewellery. And I want our guests and our listeners to understand that it doesn't have to just be jewellery. Like, ultimately, it's the keepsakes and those special pieces in people's lives that we want to talk about. It's not just jewellery. I know that I am a jeweller and that I love jewellery very much, but it doesn't just have to be about the bling. Everyone's got something special in their life. And like you and that bowler hat. I know. Well, I've got a bowler hat, a ball on. I love this bowler hat. It's I, it's, it is actually a bit... It has had a bit of a problem because it got... Um, damaged at one of the kids' parties. But it used to have a bit of uh, newspaper in the rim from 1939. And this is my grandfather's bowler hat. And my granny always used to say that she could see him walking along the street because he would go across the top of the wall, his, the top of his head, oh, with the bowler hat. Did and he have a walking stick as well? No, but it was just, this is what they used to wear in the back in the day. And it used That's to have amazing. a bit of newspaper inside the rim from 1938. And it had a, a big Guinness advert on it saying, Guinness is good for you. But this is my favourite keepsake. And I found it, I've, just, I've given it a bit of a dust, but this, this lives in my bedroom. And this is one of my favourite things. So I think they're coming back in fashion. What do you I reckon? think the bowler hat is definitely bowl- coming. I'm going to take a picture of you before... Okay. Um, to put out on Instagram. I've got to say as well that we seem to have a hat theme. So we've gone from jewellery to a hat theme because last week we had the Centurion helmet. Yeah, and now, now we've, we've got, got you and your bowler hat. And I have got an entire hallway full of hats, which I will uh, also. I think we all wear many hats. Up. We do wear many hats. And that brings us in to our new guest. Our neatly brings us onto our fabulous guest, the very wonderful David Attry, who has many hats and does many, many wonderful things, but let's get him on and he can explain all. David Attree, welcome to Show Us Your Bits podcast. Thank you very much for having it's me. Very, you have the honour of being our first man. Yes, this is a big honour. Wow, this is a big I, I, I did honor. not know that before today. Yeah. Now I feel a certain pressure. There yeah. we are. No, no pressure. No pressure. For all those men out there. For all those men. Well, we're delighted to have you on. Um, we are talking about having many hats in this podcast and, mm-hmm. and the fact that we do a whole smorgasbord of things, many of us. Um, you have many hats. You are a spoken word performing artist, artist, a Paralympa parent, mm-hmm. and a poet chef. 
All of which yes. sound incredibly interesting. And we're very much looking forward to hearing about a little bit more. So choose anyone you want and let's yeah. go. What's how, the story? How do I come to be a, a kind of spoken words performer and things? Yeah. Basically, we can refer to last year because last year I turned 20. All right. Everyone else was just like, oh, you're turning 50 next this year. I'm, not, I'm, I'm really not. I'm turning 20 this year because April the 24th last year, 2023, uh, was my 20th bionic birthday. All right. Wow. So I, I, on occasion, I make a very attention seeking noisy fuss. And, and it's <laughs> normally medically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I had a, an unexpected uh, and very unwanted surprise uh, that month. And uh, I ended up having open heart surgery, having a metallic aortic valve put in and my aorta, re- aorta replaced. Wow. So like a full like bionic I man. A, yeah. I had a very large aneurysm, which was starting to fray. Which wow. is not a good thing to do. So how, did you, how on earth did, did you find well, out? Did you know? Because you were yeah, quite a healthy guy. You were a big I was, cyclist. I was and... cycling. I was boxing. Uh, I was, yeah, pretty much. I was a different physique than I am now. I was about 13 stone. I was fairly well built. All that kind of stuff. Whereas now, less so. There's less of me. But yeah, what I, what I have, I, I use well. Um, so, um, <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. So, good. yeah. Welcome yeah. to the first male on the podcast. <laughs> Coming out with crap like that, you know what I mean. Take that home. We're very happy. Yeah, that's all right. Yes, so so basically, tragically, actually, my my cousin became poorly. We we were the same age, bar two days. Right. He became poorly in London. uh, Was completely misdiagnosed. He was in the waiting room, and a cardiologist walked past him and said, "Do you mind if I just have a quick listen? Why are you here?" He's like, "I'm waiting to go home. They've gone test. I don't know. I wasn't well." And the cardiologist sat down by him, listened to his heart, and he paged the crash team there and then. Because he was dissecting, basically top and bottom, ascending oh. and descending. My, yeah, he was my cousin was in a waiting room in London. Dissect, uh, yeah, basically his aorta was dissecting there and then. That's why he'd be poorly. He survived an eighteen-hour operation. Oh my goodness um, me! But tragically, the damage to his heart was such that he went into the hospital three months later and he passed away. Oh, I'm sorry, but so, what a shock! So we lost him. Yeah. So at the time, so does that mean it's a family thing? Really? Yeah. So 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 I live with uh, a condition called Marfan syndrome. And which is why, yeah, th- this will all link together ev- eventually, but why I have kind of links with Bob Harris and we, we've kind of done some work for the um, Aortic Dissection Charitable Trust, which is a, a charity that I'm very, very firmly involved in and yeah. I do what as much as I can for. Um, but yeah, basically my, my employer at the time, because I was doing good things for them, just said like, who do you need to see to go and get checked? Because yeah. I thought I might as well get checked because Marfan syndrome was mentioned. So I went to get checked and then I saw this chap about eight weeks earlier. I wasn't entirely comfortable with it, but my employer said, does he do private appointments Yeah. or book you one? Right. And I was just like, I don't really. And they're like, we've booked you one. I'm like, okay, I'll go. And he held up an image and I'm like, oh, is that my heart? And he's like, no, that's your aorta. And you have four weeks to have this operation. And I'm like, could we do it this afternoon, please? Oh. Yeah. So yeah, so basically. Wow. And so it, in my wife to, I mean, bless her. I, I think my wife, Sarah, is utterly incredible. Um, I hope she'll be hearing this at some point. You are. Um, but but no, genuinely, I, I think sometimes if you're poorly, it's just as tough, if not tougher, yeah. for your partner because yeah. you're yeah. just looking on. And yeah. we'd just been through the, the, the trauma of losing Peter and then all of a sudden it was just like, actually, it's you as well. Oh, my God. Um, and with so a month right. before... Yeah, and, and my mum became ill as well. She lives up north. And she became ill. She had the same surgery that I, I had a month before I had it. So I went up to visit her in hospital knowing that I had four weeks. I had to lie to her 
she's like, have you been tested? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting results soon because I couldn't give her a shock. So yeah. it was a bit, it was a bit kind Ooh. of EastEnders dump-dumps, really. It was just like, yeah. But no, she was incredible. And we were both like, I'm known as being fairly positive. Um, and I'm just like, look, if I can have it tomorrow, let's just have it. And I had this mantra in my head. The second I woke up, I would think to myself, I am no longer ill. I'm now getting better. Yeah. And I programmed myself to, to, to do that. Um, and that was my first conscious thought. Wow. And, but in my it must mind... must be really hard to do, though. It kind of is, but yeah. it, the, the reason... Sorry, going back, this is like running Corbett, isn't it? The, um, <laughs> uh, the, the reason why I, I now write and I perform, A, because I'm passionate, because I think we're here for a certain set of time and we don't know how long it's going to be. But in my mind, in my very simplistic way of looking at it, on April the 24th, yeah, I was shut off. Yeah, so your heart is stopped, your blood goes around the machine, your lungs expand, you're not dead, yeah, but you are not there. Yeah, you, yeah. you are no longer that person. Yeah. They take your yeah. heart out, yeah. they you know, do what they do, use the buzzsaw, put you back together again, and, and then they're like, right, are we ready? <laughs> yeah, so in my mind, you got I turned really... 20. Yeah. I got I had a full factory reset. Wow. So last year I turned 20, which is why I wanted to celebrate it and we I did celebrate it in some style down at Rockwater. What did you do for your 20th birthday? I set up, organised, planned, wrote and performed at an event called Alive. Um, so I brought together Hatful of Rain, who are a local um, blues and, and a folk and Americana band. Um, it's, it's incredible, actually. Um, a, a poet that I, I dearly, dearly love and lives in the West Country came, came across, um, Robert Garnham, to perform his completely quirky, brilliant poetry. Rich Wilson, local comedian, performed on the night as well. And a guy called Ed, who I love, he goes under the name of Gramsci. I urge you find him. He is one of the finest freestyle rappers okay. in wow. the world. Okay, my he is wired differently. Okay. 100%. Oh, really? He's just okay. incredible. So, and then the evening was myself and Bob Harris in conversation about his career and yeah. the moments that have made him feel the most alive. Yeah. And I introduced that and did a spoken word piece for the introduction of that. Um, but that was a month after having a stroke. Okay, that's lots. So you had a stroke as well? Yeah, managed to fit that in last year Oh, as well. well done. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Attention-seeking Dave, they called me <laughs> last year. Yeah. I bet your wife did. Oh. Yeah, amongst other things. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. how did you know you were having a stroke? Great question. I didn't. Because because of the, the, the heart surgery, sometimes you get like blurry things and twinkly things and headaches and stuff like that. It just happens. You, you go with the yeah. flow. I had a... <laughs> Attention-seeking bike crash uh, in uh, in February last year, and ended up being ambulanced and ribs and leg and arm and cheek and all kinds of things. And yeah, I was a bit of a mess. Uh, but I'm still waiting on some surgery on that. But I basically, I, I'd been to an appointment up at the Annex yeah. to check out my wrist and my hand and stuff to confirm that it was yeah, know, damaged. Yeah. I'm like, could I told you that? Um, I got back on the bus to go back to work, and I was like flexing my hand. And I looked down at my hand because it was a bit sore, and I had a headache, but it wasn't a bad one. It was yeah. just like, that, oh, I've forgotten to have a coffee. Yeah. Headache, right? yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't see my hand. That's a bit weird. Yeah, but... 49 years old, you're not thinking, maybe I'm having a stroke. You're just thinking, I'm having a bad facial migraine. Yeah. I've got a headache. Yeah. What's going on? It kind of got worse, but being a, you know, being a British male, <laughs> I was just like, oh, it's fine. It's just a fine. bad, bad no. headache. Yeah. I, I remember I walked past this traffic light the other day and I got quite emotional. So people would have looked at this guy emotional at a traffic light. But basically, I remember getting back to work, I had to cross the main road, uh, which is like the London road. And I remember walking up to this pedestrian crossing, pressing the button, holding my face up to the green man. And then when it went green, I knew it was safe to cross the road because I couldn't really see that well. Wow. But oh at the time, I wasn't thinking, 
Yeah. And you didn't, yeah. you just thought, oh, maybe I need another I thought, coffee. I thought it was a really bad visual <laughs> migraine. Yeah. So I got to work, I had a coffee, and then I was just like, no, I thought, oh, I'm going to go home early if that's all right. Went to work the next day. You before. slept on it? I slept on it. Okay. Well, Why? because both Sarah and I were just like, well, this is a bad one, isn't this it? Is but bad, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. I didn't have any other. Again, did the you call positive. the doctor or did you speak to The next day. So I, I went to work the next day and after about an hour and a half of screen-based work, which yeah. is what I do, I was really excited I couldn't bad. see the screen very well. Oh, God. So it wasn't going to be a productive day. So oh, I rang 111 and they said, yeah. you should probably go up to a, yeah. you know. So I did and then it kind of unraveled from there really. But they didn't know, they still didn't know what had happened. I had yeah. an MRI two days later, yeah, which was yeah, kind of a bit weird because... Things hadn't really progressed. And then two days after that, on the Monday, I was working. And I got a phone call from somebody just saying, actually, hello, is that David? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He said, I need to ask you to pop back to the hospital. I'm like, okay, yeah, no worries. Shall I ring the GP, make an appointment? He's like, no, you need to come back to the hospital now, to A&E, and present yourself. I'm like, okay, I don't mind presenting myself. That makes <laughs> me happy. myself. Yeah, hello, I'm David. Hello, Allow I'm me David. to <laughs> present myself. Um, you and love that. he's like, you're not understanding. I'm like, no, I, I, I feel I'm not. I'm now sitting down. What's going on? He says, you've had a stroke. Wow. Oh, that's that horrible was, words to hear, right? Hundred percent. That that's it was it was last year was, was I mean you shouldn't rank things, but last year was tougher than heart surgery year by yeah. a long stretch. Because that gap between being told you've had a stroke and getting to A and E when crucial. you're still not feeling great. I was I was I have to be careful how much I talk about this because you don't need crying guy on your podcast, right? You can, you can cry I, away. I was, fine. I was sat <laughs> next okay. to my wife, Sarah, in the car on the way to the hospital, thinking what is the phrase that I say if I start to get a headache and things go blurry? What do I say to Sarah? Which could potentially be the last thing that I say to Sarah. Oh, Those kind of thoughts, God. right? Yeah. Oh, God. yeah. So it was just like, Ugh. but then I got there and they were like, and, I, and the fantastic thing, the guy, my my consultant is Doctor Death. Really? He's actually called. Cannot make that shit up. Yeah. No. Well, it's it's, it's <laughs> Death. It's D E apostrophe A T H. Um, but yeah, Doctor. And I looked at his lanyard because I love a lanyard. I'm like, is that... He said, don't, please don't. I'm like, when you were at school... I said, yeah, I got that all the time. I did said, someone think did, you should be yeah. a doctor? I'm like, did you think about your chosen profession? He said, I'm, this, this is any... If you want any indication as to how committed I am to your overall healthcare, it's the fact that I'm called Dr. Death. I, I, <laughs> this is what I do. I'm stroke recovery. Yeah, yeah. He said, I have no doubts about how much I care about you. You know what mm. I mean? So they're like, yeah, we know. Do you think you've got it back? Do you I mean, think it's coming back? I, I find it, I, I find that the whole kind of neuroplasticity thing absolutely fascinating because as, as we'll discuss in a short while, my daughter is a Paralympian. Yeah, she yeah. has cerebral palsy and, and it's responses to certain muscles because with cerebral palsy, that spasticity that you see yeah. is, is the muscles clenching up. Yeah. Yeah. So actually she's literally retrained her brain for other bits to be taking that over so she can complete at the level that she is. It's incredible. So, so I went to the same process. What does she... She's a wheelchair racer. She's a T34 <gasps> classification wheelchair racer. She's current double European champion for Team GB, uh, Commonwealth Games, bronze medalist, and at the World Championships last year, two months after the stroke, I managed to be trackside with Sarah to see her get, a, 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 she was the bronze in the Team GB gold silver bronze. How did but, she get into that? Amazing. Can you just talk yeah. us about a bit? How yeah. on earth did she get into that? And Again, these kind of weaving kind ways. Of push, like, well, she, she had a, an operation on her leg when she was 14. And as part of her, it relates to her CP, and as part of her recovery, she did hydrotherapy. So she liked, she got in the water. And we'd always, I taught her to swim. And she's like, oh, I don't really want to swim, Dad, because it's, you know, you taught me. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and then classically, a friend said, oh, she looks really good in the pool. Have you ever thought about swimming, Fabs? And she's like, 
No, but I will now. You know, so, so I'll refer to her as Fab. Her name is Fabienne, but everyone calls her Fabs. So, yeah. And she, what a great she, name. She's she, a brilliant she, name, isn't she it? She lives up to that. She absolutely nails that. Yeah, yeah. But how inspirational that Ooh. she's out there and, and you know, inspiring other people. You must be such a proud dad. You must be such a proud parents, I should imagine. You and Sarah. Hugely. That's, in, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, you have a, I said, do you have a keepsake or anything? Because I mm. was so fascinated by our chat and I said, oh, I'd love you to come on podcast. Mm-hmm. And you said, oh, I do actually have something. Mm. So can you explain yes. what it is? It is, uh, it's a Fisher Space pen, basically, which which looks like a, a kind of small kind of bullet-sized pen, but you twiddle it around and it's normal size. I've had this pen literally in my pocket or in my Sobel jersey with me everywhere since 2010. So how did you come about it? I have worked in schools for quite a while. So after the heart surgery, my kind of career path changed and I had to kind of step back from what I was doing. And I started to pop into Fabs' school just yeah. to bounce around, tell a few stories because I love to read books. Yeah, just loved it. So I became a TA and then I did a, a degree and you know, all those kind of things. So I was working at her, her school and I was in a reception class. And Queen's Park School has a bit of a reputation for, for having some... Uh, quite kind of bohemian families that you know, send yeah. the children there and all that kind of stuff. So you would hear interesting names quite quite often. Yeah. And one day this uh, young boy w- w- walked in. He just looked completely unsure of himself. And um, we were going through the register and like introducing everyone. Um, and his name was Ace. What a great name! Which is quite powerful, right? It's quite yeah, strong. Yeah, but strong he, he had this like kind of really kind of floppy blonde bob and he was quite freckly and really really quiet quite demure and and he just he was like the antithesis of an ace you know what I mean (laughs) but then somebody mentioned his surname and it's Redmond and I Ace Redmond what a great name there you go you've just said it right yeah yeah right so you don't know this Ace Redmond what what are you thinking I was thinking like a, a movie star kind of. Yeah. 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 You see yeah. how it happens. Yeah. It's just yeah. the power of words, right? Yeah. yeah. So in my mind, Ace Redman, fighter pilot. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I would call it. I'm like, morning, Ace. How's the planes? And he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So he, and he was like, what, five years old, a bit wibbly wobbly about school and lots of things that went on with it. So I spent quite a lot of times with uh, Ace Redman, fighter pilot. And then after a few months, his family actually moved to the West Country. So it was literally just that kind of few months of interaction yeah. with yeah. this young soul. They weren't, yeah, it wasn't actually in on his last day. They Obviously, they were packing up and stuff like that. But there was a little envelope waiting for me. And it had a little card in there from his parents just to say, thank you for your input yeah. into his access to education. Because he, he was so wobbly about school. But actually, his little daily chats with you Aww. and sharing stories and telling tales and just having fun yeah. allowed him to settle into school. About. And exactly. we're now confident that he's, he's going to be good. Um, and we and we know that you love to write and write poems and tell stories. So here's a little pen for you. But so. that's lovely. So tell us what's yeah. with this journey with this pen, and you've yes. always had it in your pocket. What um what have, what have you been writing with it? Because that is a really big part of what you do, isn't it? It's it poems is and spoken it's poems. Words. I mean, I've written countless poems to Sarah. Cute. But this this pen because it's always with me. It's it's. I mean, I I mentioned poetry takeaway earlier on. I'm a, I'm a sometimes poet chef for them. So, what is what is that? Can you explain? What is a poet chef? A poet well, chef. Poetry sounds... Takeaway is run by a genius triage man called uh, Michael Bolger, who basically meets members of the public and yeah. does a triage on them and, and directs them to us. So basically, if you can picture a snack van, a lay-by snack van, yeah, that's what it is. It's a takeaway van. Yeah. And we go to events and we go to schools and private bookings and things, 
the awning goes up and you've got three poets sat there. Yeah, so <laughs> literally you catch somebody's eye, they come over to you, you've got two or three minutes to get some ingredients for a poem yeah. and yeah. you cook them up a poem on the spot. That's brilliant. So they wander away, come back 10 minutes later and you recite the poem that their ingredients has prompted to them. Wow. Invariably, there's tingling, there's tears, there's hugs, there's wow, there's what, you know. Yeah. But ultimately, you're just telling them what they've given you, but yeah. it's so personal and it's yeah. unique. You put it in an envelope, you give it to them and you never see it again. My mum always used to write poems, but she used to read us poems when we were kids. And my love of poetry came when we, when we were tiny, she would sit and she would read us stories at night, but mm -hmm. she would read us from um, uh, Louis Stevenson's Book of Children's Verse. So we used to know all the all the really the lamplighter and all the Louis mm, Stevenson's beautiful. poems we used to know them yeah, yeah. and um, I remember the one that I used to love the one I used to go I have a little shadow that goes in and out of, with me and what can be the use of it is more than I can see it's very very like me from my heels up to my head and I see him jump before me when I jump into my bed oh I love that, that is so sweet. I love and that I can remember that do you, <laughs> do you remember your poems instantly? Do you, are you always making up poems do you think in poetry think, yes I mean, one of the one of the first pieces that I played on BBC Upload, which again I urge people to go and find, it's basically a, um, a vessel so that if you've got audio or, or poetry or music, spoken words, comedy, whatever, you go to BBC Upload and you you upload it. Literally, that's that's as pure oh, as wow. it is. And if they think it's strong enough, they'll play it out on their BBC Upload shows. I'd been having a bit of a writer's block, but I had that day when I really really wanted to write something, and I was driving back from my my in-laws. And I was just like, right, what am I going to write about? And I kind of like not being in control of what I'm going to write about. I yeah. think that's where the fun happens. And I'm like, right, I'm going to turn off the radio. I'll turn on the radio. And the first word I hear will be the title. So I turn the radio off. I turn it on. The first word I heard was appetite. It's like, oh, okay, appetite. Okay, appetite for what? Destruction, distraction, reduction, inaction. And I'm like, okay, right, this is going somewhere. So I pulled in and I scribbled down the first couple of lines. And then I got home and I started to kind of almost freestyle it and I realised I was chatting so I recorded it and then I wrote down what I'd recorded and that pretty much became the piece that I uploaded to upload first and they really liked it and they played it and it's kind of gone from there. Wow, can you do it for, it? Do it for us? Okay, appetite. Appetite for what? Destruction, distraction, reduction, inaction. See, my appetite's been low. There's been nothing to grow or show as pages blow and flutter and I mutter to myself, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You should be brewing and bubbling, fermenting meanings into spliced dice, slight sharp cut phrases, not drifting in mental mazes or losing focus or shying from the voices. Your choice is to write what feels right, to put down the things that keep you awake at night, to share the things lurking there before your pre-dawn yawn, before you stretch your muscles and your joints click and then the brick without casts its clout, shatters all that really matters leaving you for a rounded, grounded set of rhymes to cause a smile or nudge sometimes, and all the time in your mind is a track, a background beat laid down, complete, a mocking challenge from your own mind to find or just record the words your heart implored you to say, share, care enough to not let disappear. They are always near. So, catch them. Put them down through keys. If you feel unease, this is just their energy flowing through your tips. Their gentle grips released as each one's placed on the blank white screen, which now fills gently. Elementary forces in action. Your appetite is prompting a reaction. And then, the pause. Lost cause, that initial flurry fades. Don't review, make new, keep writing, keep fighting. Resist the chance to reread, reseed, tamper, alter, edit, give credit to the fact that your mind, will just, your mind just opened up.
And while you're at it, fill that cup, that mug, that potion of emotion and a buzzy hug. Set the swirls spinning. They are just the beginning. Appetite for a perky drink to help you think, to wipe noughts from your scores on the doors and help the sun pour through the clouds. There are crowds out there, not aware of your name or even your game. But one day, one day, that beat that's in your head might just be a real skin. A shuffled brush on snare, a tom-tom tapped, or words that were trapped are finally spoken and put to a beat, a challenge completed. And how they are greeted cannot be in your gift, but as your hands lift from the keys, you look up and you see birds fly past fast and you ask yourself this. Are they going somewhere? And why? Or are they just showing the world we can fly? Whoa, Whoa, that gave me the chills. That's amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. That, that gave me goosebumps. Like, that proper, was... Proper goosebumps. That's amazing. Wow. But to think that that came from just switching the radio on and hearing that word. Yeah, but that's what I love. And that's I, I... what the seed, the seed, yeah. It's so oh, creative, yeah. but also I love that. Obviously, I'm a writer too, mm -hmm. so actually anything about procrastination and the guilt and mm -hmm. the kind of like not knowing what you're going to write and feeling that you should be able to mm. do it, but you can't. And then what you're producing is not quite right. And then there's the yep. lull, that's all there. It's very I true. It was, it was so much, and I think that day, because I was so frustrated for whatever reason, because I hadn't been able to write anything, it almost like uncorked it, because I gave myself the permission to actually have a bit of a rant about not writing, yeah. but turned it into a piece that actually Isn't it? set me off in good stead. The moments that I've had with complete strangers, yeah. who if you hold a pen in front of them yeah. and say, oh, I'm a writer and a poet, what you want a poem about, they open their soul Ooh. to a complete stranger. The ever after it's the best it's there. version. Yep. And I and I think that we do need and what reading does, what poetry does, all of these things teaches you about uncomfortable emotions and the resolution of that. Yeah. Or the or it the takes not you out, of or that. it takes yeah. you out of your own world as well. Yeah. And it puts you into it makes you have empathy for other people. It makes you understand what's yeah. what's going on in people's yeah. heads and it yeah. But the, but but also it's it's really important because I just think it's a really old tradition that we have Absolutely, as a culture. Yeah. It's an art, particularly well, in this country. If you think we've been we've been telling stories through poetry through from Chaucer yeah. from before Chaucer in well, a popular on way on a tribal level. Yeah, you, you exactly. would have somebody in that yeah. group that would sit yeah. by the fire and recount stories, and they yeah. were held in great esteem. I'm, yeah. I mean, that's not what I'm aiming for, but yeah. actually, it's just that kind of. Yeah, the power to tell a story, yeah. to share truths and stuff like that is, is so important. And I think poetry and spoken word, whatever we want to call it, can condense so many really complex things that you could write reams about into a few lines. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things I'm doing at the moment on, on BBC Radio on a, on, on a Sunday with the Week in Words. So I'm kind of having a look about what's been going on during this week. Yeah, yeah. And what might be happening next week and maybe a bit of a gentle reminder about how we could approach things or yeah just little things that kind of caught my eye or whatever well mm. thank you ever so much for showing us can a I, bit yeah yes. can i also just delve into where we can actually find you for, for our listeners to actually hear more of those amazing poems and... yes yes it's a basic but very happily um since december I've, I've been on the alison ferns breakfast show uh, on radio sussex bbc radio sorry sussex and kent on a sunday morning um, so that would so be on BBC Sounds. That would be on BBC yeah. Sounds, yeah. So you catch it on BBC Sounds. And the feature's just called The Week in Words. The Week in Words. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's on there. I mean, I'm, I'm David Attree on Instagram. 
Are no. you going to be oh, doing fabulous. some more poetry takeaways? Can we come and find uh, you doing that? Do you do anything in the May Festival? I, I guarantee if, if, if Michael contacts me and says, right, what, what are you up to? Because it, it, it's, it's kind of geographical. Yeah, yeah. So okay. doing the Brighton Festival. So I did a poetry workshop with some young children yeah. and then they manned the poetry takeaway. Oh, wonderful. So we were on standby to kind of help or whatever, but coach them. But I, yeah, I did a bit of a, a, a kind of a session with them to That's kind of gear them I up think. and I then think... gave the takeaway to yeah, them. And that was, that was pretty I special. I feel like you need some young ones in there to cut, not, not that I'm saying that you're wrong because you're not yeah, yeah, yeah. 20, yeah. but I feel like it would be really lovely to get some like, like for you to kind of inspire and mentor yeah. some young blood that could kind of come in as well. Yeah, totally. So 2024 goals, we're, we're asking all of our guests mm-hmm. uh, because it's 2024 we're recording this in January um mm-hmm. so we're all kind of on a new year's mission um yep. lots of stuff in the pipeline I'm sure for you in yep. 2024 but of all the things that you've been through this mm-hmm. incredible health journey that you've been through yes also your extraordinary life what's your one and sort your of little, like nugget you can take you can give us that you would say is a bit of a David Attree nugget of 2024 advice oh do you know what I'm, I'm so kind of basic on some some of these things because I'm just like, work hard, be nice to people. And I'm just like, I'm not a religious person. In fact, yeah. I'm at the other end of that. But I'm just like, if I had a religion or a faith, it would just be work hard, be nice to people. And, yeah. and, 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 and smile or find a reason each day. Smile at everyone. It's brilliant you know, and it makes and people feel happy. And it bounces back invariably. Yeah. So just kind of, yeah, just be kind really. It, it's, it's become almost a cliche, but genuinely just, yeah, work hard, be nice to people. And, and if you have the chance to be creative, just write something down. Well, David, it's been an absolute joy to spend a Saturday afternoon with you, listening to your poetry, hearing about all your lovely life story. We wish you all the best for 2024. Thank you very much. I'm sure we will be along to an open mic and uh, be listening in on the radio. But keep do keep in touch with us. Fabulous. was so much fun having David on our first man has raised the bar right because he was a really fabulous guest he was and he was really inspirational and it was a really lovely but also that poem really moved me yeah like I was quite shocked by the effect it had on me I thought it was beautiful and it's one that I th- feel like when I walk to work I'm going to listen to in my ear and be like oh yeah, yeah. that's kind of quite a motivational well I love seeing spoken word and poetry maybe we should go to a spoken word night but I'm my god I'd... my favorite is Murray Lachlan Young you have to hear Murray Lachlan Young and also obviously Benjamin Zephaniah died but I'm a great fan of Luke Wright he's a he's a fabulous guy so check him out on on YouTube yeah, as all well. All of those guys are amazing. But I'm inspired now. I feel like filled up with poetry I know. for my day, don't I you? Very, very, very poet. Very highbrow. <laughs> very highbrow. Which is not it's not like us, is it? <laughs> anyway. It will all change. <laughs> thank you ever so much for listening. Um if you uh could like, rate, review, share, all that jazz. Yes, please. Um, I'm saying and I like Sally Balls with my as well. all that jazz with my bowl hat on. You do look like um, that. Anyway, we should look forward to next the next week. episode. Mm. But until then Have a good week. Have a lovely week and we'll see you soon. Bye.